So I'm watching the videos that are out. Um, uh, little fathead rolling up in his limo, sticking his little pudgy arm out the window and waving to the folks. Are you talking about Chairman Kim Jong-un of North Korea, the People's Republic? Right. He, he stuck his little hand out the window, and it looked like a two-year-old because he's got really fat wrists with like a oh, roll of fat boy. on him. Oh, boy. Like a little kid has. Oh, boy. There's, there's there, there are geopolitics at stake here. And then Trump's... I'm not sure it's appropriate to be criticizing the man's forearm. Trump's plane just landed. God, in... he is plump. Trump, Sorry, Trump, Trump just walked down the stairs and was handed a bouquet of flowers and immediately turned around and handed it to somebody else. What am I, what am I supposed to do with this? Thanks for the flowers. <laughs> oh, and it is true. This Commies. was absolutely nailed down. I heard some good journalism on, on this yesterday. A little fathead does travel with his own toilet, and they oh, yeah. do collect his leavings. Oh, boy. Speaking of good journalism. <laughs> good work if you can get even it. Even better than <laughs> that journalism. What do you do for the for the government? <sighs> Deborah J. Saunders is the White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal and an honored guest here on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hello, Deborah. How are you? I don't clean toilets at the White House. Oh boy, I'm just saying. Yeah, God, that's a heck of a job collecting that stuff and storing it for future generations to analyze. I, I haven't collected it, but we both in our lives have had to clean the the Johns at, at little radio stations we worked sure. at. Sure, exactly. We well, just, so we, we've all had to do it at some some sure. time, and of course, I do it at my house too. Uh, you know. More than occasionally. So, uh, listen, Deborah, on more uh, enlightened, uh, higher plane discussion, the president in Hanoi for the big summit, and uh, and it's all about the expectations game, depending on who you ask, I guess. Well, I mean, the question is, will something come of this? Because we, we had the big summit in Singapore, and they came out uh, with a nice sort of agreement. It didn't say much, and it actually pulled back from some agreements in the past. And so the question is, are we actually going to get something for all this pomp, for, for, for this kind of summit that puts Kim Jong-un in, in sort of the, the community of world leaders who get to do summits? Or is this going to be another exercise and showmanship and that's about it? Well, that's, uh, I'm going to accuse you of being stuck in the, the, uh, the forms of the past just because... The idea of uh, does he deserve a summit? A summit is where you have deliverables, where You've you sign agreements. You've elevated him, Joe. You've elevated him. Exactly. You spend months preparing, <laughs> and then the two leaders come together, smile at the summit, and sign the big agreement. I just don't think that's the way Trump works. I think he is trying to forge a relationship that are bare fruit in the future. Well, he is, he's a salesman, and every salesman I've ever known thinks they can sell you anything. Right. They think if they just spend enough time with you, they can get you to buy this. That, yeah, that's Trump's deal. So I'm not saying you're wrong, Deborah. I'm just I, I think he's approaching it in a very different way than uh, Barack Obama would have. And I completely agree with you. But but you can only do that for one summit. You can't keep doing that. Right. In other words, so you can say uh, and and there are people who say it that. Trump had to deal with Kim differently. Uh, Asian uh, leaders like to deal with having the big st- the big people out front and then have other people do the details later. And that this was a different way of dealing with with, with uh, the Hermit Kingdom. This was a smart way to do it. That's I, I hear that. I accept that. The thing is, you can't keep doing that. And at this point in time, there has to be some sort of pulling back of uh, Pyongyang, the, uh, where, where they produce uh, nuclear material, there, there's talk that they may cut a deal where they will they will basically destroy that facility. If that happens, that would be good. And I, and I assume that the U.S. will pull, pull back on the sanctions. Uh, that would be something that could come out of this uh, or not. 
We'll find out. I'm disappointed in the coverage. We were talking about this before. Um, All the coverage comes down to does this help Trump or hurt Trump politically and not enough on the actual what we're actually trying to accomplish. This is a big deal. We have a country run by a nut job who has nuclear weapons and keeps, uh, you know, saying the nutty stuff. So it would be nice to get some deliverables, whether it helps Trump or not. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, I, 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 the thing that I was really concentrating on last week before they left is, are they going to be alone? And I think that there's this part of a lot of people in the international community, the foreign policy wag, stuff like that, who don't like the fact that uh, Donald Trump likes to be alone with these leaders, translators only. Now, in Singapore, he met with Kim alone, and then they had a big expanded bilateral. All the other big shots are there. Um, so the question always with Trump is how personal will this get? Is he going to come out really, you know, clutching a letter, talking about how happy he is and how, how much they love these letters? How personal? I mean, he, he makes it so personal. And it's one of the reasons why people look at it that way. Uh, you, you know, Barack Obama didn't try to get into the personalities of this and, and really look more at, uh, for example, the human rights record of North Korea. So, uh, listen, I guess I take a really uh, unconventional view of this, and, and there is a, a major uh, caveat to this, but the uh, Kim Jong-un is not a nut job. I know he is by our standards. He's he's highly rational, but he heads up uh, the uh, hermit kingdom, famously isolated, maybe the most isolated country on Earth. And I think drawing him out, putting him on the world stage, forcing him to engage in the world is a very productive goal. Now, it's definitely playing a long game, and honestly, it depends, like you're describing, on uh, Trump and personal meetings and private meetings and the rest of it. Um, and, and as soon as the administration changes, well, that'll go up in smoke, which is why specifics are important in foreign policy. But see, I think having summit after summit and having this guy more and more engaged in the world is actually a deliverable in itself. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Deborah Saunders of the... Las Vegas Review Journal is on the line. Do you have any idea how Trump will be taking in the information tomorrow when Cohen's testifying? And uh, there's some reporting out today that Cohen's going to claim Trump is uh, was breaking laws while in the White House and making racist jokes and all kinds of different stuff. You know, this is really nasty. <laughs> the fact that they're going to have Michael Cohen testify while the, the U.S. president is in Vietnam trying to put together a summit to denuclearize North Korea. I mean, this Perhaps is to save the world goal. from nuclear holocaust, yes. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I just think uh, we'll see how far these guys want to push it. But I don't think it looks good to have Michael Cohen testifying while uh, Trump is trying to get a deal. And, and I may be skeptical about what will be done, although, you know, something could, could easily could happen. There are a lot of people who want to see something good come of this. But it, the idea that Trump has to put up with this at, at this moment, it's just wrong. I think we would agree on that. Yeah, you, God, you would think so. Do it, do it Friday or do it next week. You could get to it fine with the whole Cohen stuff. But God dang, you can't have the president, like Joe said, trying to avert nuclear Armageddon. And then somebody whispering in his ear, uh, Cohen just said you uh, called a bunch of black guys by the N-word. And a bunch of people are now seriously talking about impeachment, sir. Anyway, uh, Kim Jong-un is waiting for you yeah. for the next round. You can't and, have that. Yeah, that seems, I mean, I can picture the, the WAPO and the New York Times going berserk 
if the Republicans were trying to undermine Barack Obama as he's in the final moments of, for instance, the nuclear arms deal. By the way, the Washington Post has a full-page story today about a 2016 campaign staffer who said that Trump tried to kiss her. Yeah, yeah, yeah I heard about that. Yeah. yeah, And everybody who was said to have been there said, no, that didn't happen. So yeah, that's great. It doesn't, great. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, we're going to get to a uh, Columbia School of Journalism poll of Americans about their attitudes toward journalists, and it's it's not super. It's uh, <laughs> It's a little iffy, Deborah. Wonder why. Yeah. When I saw that story this morning, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it had been up online yesterday, but you have a full page. At least it wasn't on the front page, which is what the New York Times had done in 2016. But, um, I mean, I, I'm i sorry. I just don't consider that to be, you know, serious. Full, full page worth. The serious of... people would actually want to write a huge story about it. Interesting. Over that. Yeah, yeah, we shall see. Uh, Deborah J. Saunders is the White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Well, you might have some fancy writing to do, Deborah. We'll let you uh, rest your writing wrist and uh, get it stretched out. Maybe ice it a little bit and get ready. <laughs> okay. All right. Good to talk to you. Thanks. So I haven't read this. Uh, Sean mentioned it was on a Twitter, uh, on a tweet yesterday from somewhere, but it's now it's in the Washington Post. Some woman claims that Trump kissed her tried to kiss her, and she turned her head. And now she's suing for many, many dollars for emotional distress yeah. that somebody tried to kiss her. Uh, it, could, it could be true, but uh, why now seems pretty weird, just in that you didn't want to bring him down during his campaign in no time during the last two years? What, what, what's the? Is there an answer for the why now? I don't know. I, I mean, there I, could be an answer, but... I have not gone deep into the story. So the theory I saw thrown out is that she was lawyering up to figure out how to break her non-disclosure agreement that uh, that trump she signed a, a non-disclosure uh, i guess yeah like yeah, it, it, okay. part of working with it you sign these things did cohen write oh okay she was part of the campaign that's funny yes. i heard about this story a couple of days ago i hadn't realized it was the same girl okay yeah yeah, yeah woman whatever um all right so yeah well, how old was she at the time i don't know quit asking me stuff i haven't looked at the about story the same i think age. it's ridiculous campaign just happened Hmm? Um, I'll find out her age. Yeah, I just wonder if she is a 22-year-old or a 52-year-old. Just wonder. <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, is this going to become a thing? It could become a thing. Why don't you cover that story? I'll cover the nuclear arms deal. It could be the big story the next <laughs> next two weeks, for all I know. That's some really good condescension. Oh, yeah. Hey, the view from this high horse is fantastic. <laughs> as long as you don't fall well, off, you can see awesome. the mountains. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll bring you up to speed on that to some extent, I guess. But I do want to hear this uh, this poll of people's attitudes on uh, journalism. I love that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I want to kiss you. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So a poll on what the public thinks of journalism is pretty interesting. We'll get to that a little bit later. And I'm digging into the uh, now a number of major news organizations, NBC, Washington Post. A lot of your Trump-hating media um, going with the story of the woman who's accusing Trump of trying to kiss her on the campaign trail. Um, man, there's some pretty strong denials from people who were there in a small group of people, including his wife who was there. That'd be a really bold move to, her. to grab a woman and kiss her in front of your wife and hope she doesn't notice. 
I'm going to pull uh, your goddamn tongue out by the roots. Okay. As a threat. Elvis. Yeah, that Elvis, was her boyfriend. Elvis would get worked up. But anyway, he's Elvis Presley, folks. More on that <laughs> later. So, uh, yes, uh, stay tuned. We played a big chunk of Bill Maher's monologue from the other night yesterday. Uh, well, why don't we just play it? I think his, uh, his, his point will become clear. And then we received a heck of a lot of feedback on it from you good folks. Sean? The flyover states have become the passover states. That's why red state voters are so pissed off. They don't hate us. They want to be us. They want to go to the party. It's like we're the British royal family and they're Meghan Markle's dad. <laughs> now, how do I know this? Because 238 cities and regions submitted proposals to Amazon for the company to locate in their area. All desperate for jobs that don't involve guarding prisoners or murdering chickens. And Amazon picked two places that didn't need them at all. Places where prosperity already was. Bezos, you're worth $130 billion. Take one for the team. Stop playing cities off against one another and help a dying one come back to life. So, as usual with Bill Maher, he's a very smart guy, and he got some of it right, um, but the condescension was unmistakable. And the part that he got completely wrong is the idea that the vast swath of red state America, which, it's worth noting, includes vast swaths of blue states uh, that just have giant urban centers, uh, aren't jealous of big city living at all. In fact, quite the opposite. But that's the blindness that you get from people who have lived one life their entire lives, I think. Any comments, Jack, before we get into the uh, the feedback? Pretty well summarized. Yeah, I'm, I'm from middle of nowhere America, and uh, I've lived in many cities. And it's very clear to me that a lot of people who've grown up in urban areas think that people who live in rural areas, they want to live in the city. They just aren't smart enough to figure out how to get a job there. Right, and they're, they're rich stuck enough where they or whatever. I hear all the time people of, uh, making comments about somebody being rescued from their rural life by getting a job. And that's just not the... That's just not the case. And the part Bill Maher got wrong is uh, an area might want Amazon, but that doesn't mean they want big city. Anyway, we got so many emails. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Morning, gents, writes uh, RJ. Uh, in regard to Bill Maher's rant, uh, I couldn't. it couldn't be more divorced from reality than if he'd said the sky is pink. Sometimes it is at sunset, RJ. I was born and raised in Paradise, California, recently burned to the ground i've been stationed in japan for two years can only assume everything back home is free of uh i'm sorry um i'll be moving to uh mino is it mino or not north dakota uh, anson minot that's what i thought and as is my next assignment and his reputation of being less of it but um you could do no more to teach one of these urban elites the truth about flyover country than you could hold large utility companies accountable for destroying everything you know and love. All right. Appreciate it. He's got a couple of purposes there. Look, m- m- I know a lot of people who live in small town America or rural America. They would consider it like a death sentence if they had to live in a city. Right. Yep. Like everybody I grew up with and known my family would consider it the worst thing that ever happened to them if they were forced to live in a city. That they wouldn't think, oh, well, fantastic, finally I've been rescued from this horrible life. No, 
I love this note from Annie. I live in rural America. We moved here on purpose from Houston and before that the Bay Area, California. We have many good friends from big cities who did the same. If we're ever lamenting anything, the weather, the lack of good pizza, my friend will always say, well, if you want to remember what it's like to live in the city, just go over to the church parking lot after work, put your car in drive, and sit there with your foot on the brake for an hour, then drive home. That pretty much sums up city life to me. Here in the country, my kids eat food. I grow and cook. We eat out like once a month. Um, sometimes they wake up in the morning, they're new baby sheep. We hike way more than we shop. We live in heaven, but luckily Bill Maher doesn't know about it, so he can keep imagining we're jealous. Well, it's fantastic. I'm not in the business of choosing one or another. I'm just saying that the one side is not envious of the other. Right. I, I think he was using cultural jokes to make a point about economic prosperity. And I, I feel like the industries that, that drive a lot of America's economy are not located in those states the same way they used to be, like with the the auto industry in Detroit. We can talk more about that later. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we've got the former Trump fixer, Mr. Cohen, promising to tell all during congressional hearings. Another black eye for the Catholic Church. And now it turns out social media is really guiding what parents are naming their babies. Coming up. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, A lot of important stories in there. I hope you can stay with us. You are listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show. How does the public think journalism works? Among other things we can talk about today. And how well... How much faith do they have in various institutions? Right. Um, I want to get to all these news stories Marshall Phillips has. President Trump's former personal lawyer and so-called fixer is now behind closed doors with the members of the Senate Intelligence Committee. I wonder how much will leak out of that. Because we have the public testimony yep. in front of the House tomorrow. Yep. Uh, it starts at 7 o'clock West Coast time. Oh, um, CNN's got their clock going up there. So you know right. exactly how many minutes and seconds. That's how... in. How much anticipation they have. 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Midwestern, Central, sorry. 4 in the afternoon in Russia. I don't know. 8 o'clock Mountain. (laughs) How about Maine? They have their own time zone out east. Greenwich, Atlantic time. time. But there are some leaks out about what he might say, Marshall. Yeah, during the uh, open hearing of the House Oversight Committee tomorrow, various news outlets have learned Cohen will publicly accuse the president of criminal conduct and describe what he says was a history of Mr. Trump's use of racist language, lies about his wealth, and possible criminal conduct. So those are the stories that are, you know, coming out in advance of his testimony. If this is primarily a gossip fest, and that is the way it sounds to it, me. It, it does. If, if you're talking about, you know, you knew somebody for 30 years. Right. I remember this one time we were on this golf trip in 1988. Saw a couple Mexican guys, and he said <laughs> he said this joke. It has something to do with tortillas. I don't remember what it was. No, I agree with you, Joe. If this turns out to be a gossip fest, this is going to be so entertaining. No, wrong. <laughs> While the president is on the world stage attempting to avert nuclear holocaust with north korea that just sucks do it next week do it next week the timing of it is yeah. is really trouble it's unforgivable it really is trouble i'm surprised there's not more pushback against that or they haven't made more of a deal out of that well perhaps jack will get to what people think of the media and that will help you understand why there isn't more pushback but if it is first of all i think it is going to be incredibly entertaining yep. I mean, it's got it's got the possibility to, to be one of the most amazing spectacles of all time. Given Cohen's weird personality, I know Sean, you've always thought he's an idiot. I don't. I, 
He might be an idiot. I don't know. It's hard to tell. He certainly runs the playbook of an idiot. As the great Homer Simpson once said, why do the things that happen to stupid people keep happening to me? A question Michael Cohen probably asks himself. Cohen facing prison time after pleading guilty to lying to Congress, tax fraud, banking fraud, and campaign finance violations. But but he's already been found guilty of lying, so the Republicans are going to tear him apart as being a liar. Democrats are going to try to prop him up as the, the truth teller of all time and really dig into these racist jokes or whatever it is he's going to bring forth. Oh, my God. So it's all going to be about paying off porn stars for sex and, yes. and, and racist jokes from your past. And or oh inflating or deflating the probable values of properties to avoid taxes right. or, or, or make yourself seem more grand. <laughs> well, no matter the, what the future holds, Cohen says he is ready to roll. Quote, looking forward to the American people hearing my story in my voice. He's offered up on Twitter. Your half-wit, combative New York crook voice. Says who? Senator Bernie Sanders didn't mince words when he was asked during a CNN town hall meeting last night about what's going to be included in his aggressive policy agenda as he runs for president. So what I believe, that in a democratic, civilized society, health care, yeah, is a right. Making sure that our kids can get a higher education is a right. That we rebuild our crumbling infrastructure is a basic need. That's going to cost money. So how is he going to get that money? Well, he points to the rich. But at a time when the people on top have so much, while the middle class shrinks and we have so many people living in poverty, if your question is, am I going to demand that the wealthy and large corporations start paying their fair share of taxes? Damn right, I will. All right. I remember Get the during, hell out of here! Yeah, I remember during the height of the Occupy yeah. Wall Street movement, uh, mathematicians, who are not really welcome in government anyway, but they pointed out that you could confiscate the entire wealth of the top 1% of America, and it would finance the government for like a day and a half or something like that. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Well, and uh, so don't, I saw... Don't hold me to that figure. It was something like that. I saw a graph the other day, and what, what b- people like Bernie are usually talking about is the top 0.01%. I mean, it's just... Because the, the the line is fairly flat for taxes right. and wages and all kinds of stuff for almost everybody else. Mm-hmm. Even the top couple percent, it's when you get into that top part of a 1%, there's a fairly small number of people. And you can tax the bejesuses out of them. And yet, like you said, it's it's not going to add up enough to enough to do the sort of big things they're talking about. Right, right. Most senior Catholic cleric ever charged with child sex abuse has been convicted of molesting two choir boys moments after celebrating Mass. Dealing a new blow to the Catholic hierarchy's credibility after a year of global revelation. If you did that to my kid, I'd kill you. I'd end up in prison for the rest of my life, but I'd freaking kill you with my bare hands. Cardinal George... And people would cheer that I did that. Cardinal George... How can the Catholic Church not get their heads wrapped around... How seriously everybody else takes this. They tried to act like they were taking it seriously, or took it seriously by their standards during the recent conference. Not by mine. Card- not, not, not by the, the victims, either. No yeah. kidding. Not by their standards. Yeah, Cardinal George Pell, Pope Francis's top financial advisor and the Vatican's economy minister, found guilty in a unanimous verdict by the jury in Australia on December 11th. The court had until Tuesday forbidden the publications about any of the details about the trial. Pell's facing a 
potential maximum 50-year prison term after a sentencing hearing that will begin on a Wednesday. The Vatican's top money guy was yep. a child rapist. Yep. One of and, the yeah. one of the victims testified at Pell's trial while the other died of a heroin overdose in 2014 at age 31. To me, he's guilty of murder. Yep. He's guilty of murder of that man. Well, these are the victims you know of. He's an old man. So right. how many people has there been over the many. decades? Yeah. One last note. You know, everybody wants their kid to be unique, and it's showing up in current baby name trends. Baby name consultants say parents are choosing names they hope will make their child stand out online. Oh, God. What? Name your kid LMAO. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Come here. If if you're a parent and your thought... If you're thinking of becoming a parent and your thought is, what would be a name that would help them stand out online? Please do not become a parent. Yes, get get your tubes tied and or your vast deference cut. Hashtag, get inside. Some of today's leading names are <laughs> Ava, Paisley, and Harley for girls, and Benjamin Bentley. You name your girl Harley. Please, She's going to be a stripper. Straight to the pole. <laughs> And Benjamin Bentley and Benson for boys. Bentley. Yes. The advice The advice to parents, you have to keep things simple, though. Choose a name that's not so odd that it'll be hard to pronounce or spell or that will put a target on your kid's back for bullies. Apparently, the parents are thinking long and hard about A names. nice traditional name like Enos. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I got a different baby name story for later about your baby's name could determine how well-behaved they become, according to a new study, which is just stupid. I just did a study right now that said that's wrong. (laughs) Very, very stupid babies. How does the public think journalism happens, and how much regard do they have for journalists these days? The results will not shock you, but they're revealing... Every good boy is going to want to date Harley in high school. Just sounds like that kind of name. Don't name your daughter Harley. Various riding Harley jokes, please. I've been to high school. <laughs> the mean halls of high school. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation.